How do I get my book published? Most people who ask how do I get published are asking the wrong question. I believe there's a more important question to ask first. Before asking how do I get a book published, you should ask why do I want to get a book published? For example, I do not think these are good reasons. To get rich! The average full-time writer earns only £5.73 per hour. To get famous! If you're looking to build an audience, it is often easier and more effective to reverse engineer a tribe through storytelling in other media, then write the book for that tribe. It sounds cool to have written a book! UK publishers release more than 20 new titles every hour. It's not an easy whim to indulge. Here are some better reasons for wanting to publish a book. Because you have good ideas to share. To solve a problem in people's lives. To cement your expertise and authority in your niche. To tell your story for the grandkids. If this is you, skip this chapter and go ahead and self-publish your book. It will be a lovely project to have completed. You've always wanted to write a book. That was the end goal for me at first. If writing a book is reward enough in itself, then all you need to do is apply the seat of your trousers to a chair, get on with it, and then self-publish your work at the end. Here are a few more questions to consider before committing to writing a book. I know this book is supposed to be where I answer your questions rather than the other way round. Do you want to write a book or do you want to have written a book? This goes to the heart of the old noun-verb conundrum. So often we want to be the noun, a writer, without grafting at the verb, actually writing. Do you really want to write a book? Or have you just been on a marvellous adventure and a book feels like the right thing to do? Do people often say, you should write a book? Do they still say that after reading a few of your sample pages? Do you really, really want to write a book? In terms of finance, time and frustration, the difference between telling a story and writing a book is similar to someone loving a meal you cook and then suggesting you go flip burgers for long hours and little pay or public approval for a year or more. Do you have any talent, training, experience or knack for storytelling? I've never had any formal training beyond the boredom of English GCSE, but I'd written a blog for four years and told my story to hundreds of audiences before writing a book. I'd also read countless books from my genre. That all helped. Bluntly, are you boring to listen to in the pub? A fair few people who have been on fabulous adventures send me their manuscripts. Let me put this really politely. Almost all of them are awful. Multiply this experience by a lot and you'll get an idea of the vast slush piles of manuscripts and desperate cover letters covering publishers' desks. Dear sir or madam, will you read my book? It took me years to write. Will you take a look? Before you dive too deeply into your writing dreams, send a couple of chapters of your work to some discerning, candid friends and ask for their honest opinions. Bear in mind when you do this 
that you're asking for a sizable chunk of their time. Ask for help, yes, but don't impose yourself to be helped. On which note, please don't ask me to read your manuscript. I feel churlish saying no, and I feel a clot saying yes and then regretting it. Will your test readers look you in the eye and urge you to keep writing? Or do they politely suggest you should look for other ways to tell your story or channel your creative energies? Hopefully, these cautionary paragraphs have weeded out those who realise that publishing a book is not for them after all. However, if you are now clearer about why you want to be published, then the labyrinth of how to do it becomes simpler to navigate. The short answer on how to get published, he says, 750 words into this chapter, is to spend a few days immersed in www.thecreativepen2ends.com. Joanna answers all the questions about getting published with more expertise, enthusiasm and thoroughness than I can muster. Her books are well worth reading if you want to get published or earn money from your writing not necessarily the same thing. You need to think about several issues, whether you want traditional publication via a literary agent or without one, publication with a large publisher or a small outfit, to self-publish on Amazon, pay for a vanity publisher or crowdfund your book, perhaps with Unbound, a sort of hybrid between traditional and independent publishing. There are pros and cons of each route, except the paid vanity publisher option, which is totally unnecessary these days. Finding an agent is often the first gatekeeper standing in your way. If you're not blessed with fortuitous connections or literary genius, there's no simple shortcut to finding a good agent. I consider it the equal of finding a publisher in terms of difficulty. There are masses of online articles about finding an agent, and working through a copy of the Writers and Artists Yearbook will also be time well spent. If you are writing a fiction book, the agent will want to read a polished, finished copy of your sample chapters and cover letter. For non-fiction books, they will require a substantial written proposal for the book. Most major publishers will only deal with you via an agent. Some specialist publishers, such as Summersdale or Vertebrate, do accept direct submissions. Their websites detail their requirements. You face very slim odds when trying to find a publisher, so don't make it even harder by sending your file in the wrong format, and a generic cover letter is the fastest route to an instant delete. With my first book, I failed to find either an agent or a publisher. I was disappointed and envious of those who had succeeded. I felt hard done by, all that hard work wasted. I almost gave up on my book altogether. Fortunately, a friend persuaded me to consider self-publishing. My first thought was that this was only an option for losers who'd failed to find a publisher and that I was obviously not one of those sorry types. <laughs> but I gradually became more optimistic as I learned about the potential positives of doing everything myself. Self-publishing via Amazon's KDP programme requires zero financial risk or outlay. They print each copy of your book on demand, saving you from gambling on ordering thousands of copies that end up gathering dust once you've given all your friends and family multiple copies over consecutive Christmases and birthdays. 
You need not be daunted by how small you or your story is. The Amazon page for your book will be the same as every other author's. Amazon subtracts its printing costs from the cover price, then gives you a share of the profit, typically a far more significant percentage than any traditional publisher will offer. It is a straightforward, democratic way to get published. My self-published book sold 4,000 copies in its first year via my website, my logistical operations hub, the back bedroom, and Amazon. This was sufficient to attract the notice of a small publisher who signed me up for my next few books. Since then, I have experienced publishing with both small and large publishers, with and without an agent, and through self-publishing. There are pros and cons to each avenue. With an agent, you partner with an expert who will help get a good deal from a publisher. Agents understand the market and can help guide the direction and structure of your book. An agent can be an experienced ally to have on your side. Yet finding a good agent is hard, and they take the fate of your book largely out of your hands. You also have to pay a commission to the agent. Without an agent, you save yourself the agent's commission, typically 15% of all the money your book makes. Over time, this hopefully amounts to a considerable sum. However, Without the agent, you also miss out on their expertise and network of contacts for finding a publisher in the first place. A small publisher. It's easier to get your book accepted by a small publisher than a large one. You are more likely to receive a decent share of the editorial team's time and effort, but your book may end up with a relatively small print run and little marketing or publicity. A large publisher, you have a greater chance of seeing your book stocked in bookshops as well as getting newspaper reviews and marketing publicity. Hopefully, you will work with a higher calibre of editor and designer, though I have often been disappointed with chaotic working processes. I do like the ego boost of casually saying, ah, I'm with HarperCollins. I won't deny that feels lovely and makes me proud. Yet you are only a tiny cog in a giant machine and the publisher may forget your book after release. It's also harder to get your book accepted in the first place by a major publisher. Self-publishing. You are your own boss and will earn the highest percentage possible for each book sold. It is also the swiftest and surest way of getting your book published. On the other hand, you have no editorial or marketing support. It will be up to you to ensure that the book sells. It's unlikely to be stocked in bookshops and production quality is still not quite as good as traditional publishing, although this really has declined a lot. This, though, is definitely true for photo-heavy books such as micro-adventures and grand adventures and illustrated children's books like Great Adventurers, which I still definitely prefer to do via traditional publishing. Nowadays, I mostly choose to self-publish my books, even though I do have the option of using a traditional publisher. I do this mainly because I've built up a decent-ish audience through my newsletters and social media. If I had no audience, I would prefer a traditional publisher. I now consider self-publishing to be my default choice for getting my books out into the world, unless there are case-specific reasons not to do so. I self-publish this book you're listening to, 
paying freelance editors and designers to help put it together. The audiobook I did entirely by myself. I like the speed of process, up to a year quicker, the control of the process, freedom of choice and higher royalties. 60% of the cover price after printing cost versus 10% minus the agent's commission. It's also incredibly liberating to begin writing a book knowing that it will definitely be published. When I wrote my first book, I had no guarantee that my hundreds of hours of work would ever see the light of day. The downside of self-publishing is that you need to hire your own editor, cover designer and perhaps arrange audiobook recording sessions. You need to be your own publicist and administrator. It's up to you to find an audience for your book and persuade them to buy it, so the audience you have already built becomes vital. I learned a lot about getting your book up the Amazon charts once I realised that publishers do negligible amount of that stuff for non-A-list authors like me. Personally, none of these are downsides. I enjoy choosing who I work with and on what time frame, and I've always made more effort to market my books than any publishers have. Above all, I love that self-publishing means that I can indulge my stupid experimental ideas that traditional publishers would roll their eyes at. For example, I had an idea to write a blog post every fortnight, put it out as a free newsletter, give it all away, and then at the end of the year turn all those articles into a book and try and sell it to the same audience who'd already read the articles. It sounds daft, but the result of that experiment is the book you're listening to now. On another occasion, I was bemoaning that writing books is tough. Oh, there are so many pages to fill. So I began selling virtually blank notebooks on Amazon. It was a low-risk experiment. It cost me very little, but now adds to my trickle of annual passive income streams. So long as you can bear getting into bed with the Amazon beast, self-publishing is an excellent system for authors at all stages of their careers. You'd have to be a very dedicated anti-capitalist not to sell your books on Amazon. I also make my books available on Ingram Spark so that high street bookshops and websites like www.bookdepository.com and www.bookshop.org can stock my books too. This means that all of my books are available to audiences worldwide. I actually feel that, for now, Amazon treats writers more reasonably than the traditional publishing model does. I'm aware that Amazon could change the way they operate overnight with zero regard for crushing authors like me. It's a gamble I'm willing to take. After all, traditional publishing is, sadly, a gamble on a slow, non-agile industry tied tightly to physical high street bookshops. At least I maintain all the intellectual property rights for my work when I self-publish. I can change direction later if I choose. In conclusion... Ask yourself why you want to publish a book before mulling over the different options of how to publish a book. Reread a dozen books you'd like to aspire towards in your writing. And then comes the critical part. Write, write, write. Worry about the later phases of getting published much later down the line. Quick question. As a writer, which book are you most proud of? As an adventurer, which book are you most proud of?
As a writer, I'm proud of There Are Other Rivers, my India book. It was a big creative step, breaking the journey down into a single day with two threads, the journey and why I travel, hopefully melding together. But I would choose my Spain book, My Midsummer Morning, if I had to hold one up and say, this is my best effort at writing well. As an adventurer, I'd pick micro-adventures. I think it has the most longevity and has actually encouraged people to go on adventures.